An Instagram post gets an unexpected boost. A TikTok catches in the algorithm. Sometimes that's all it takes to launch someone into internet fame. But then what? This Blew Up is a new podcast documentary that reveals how social media stardom is made. It's a different kind of fame that's not always as glamorous as it looks. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Alyssa Bereznak. You can listen to This Blew Up on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. Good morning, Amanda. Or probably more like good afternoon, Amanda. Yeah, good midday. Good, good day. midday. Midday. Top of the yeah. midday to you. <laughs> Nobody says that, but maybe they should. Yeah. How are you? Amanda, did you go to Coachella weekend too? No, I didn't. Nor, I just nor had my I. own personal Coachella, which is there was an unidentified weed smell in our office. And then I sat in the sun eating Flamin' Hot Cheetos. That which awesome. was a tremendous 20 minutes of my life. <laughs> I'm really happy for you. That sounds so great. Yeah, so I'm thriving. We got a lot to talk about. Sophia Richie got married, which I don't usually care about, but I I think this is kind of interesting. By that, I, I mean, did click through some slideshows. Same. We got some Taylor Swift news, obviously. We got some Tiffany's and Company news. Well, kind of. That's no. I I want to talk about the Arno family because there was a big piece last week in the Wall Street Journal that was basically like French succession. So. Let's just, on the topic of succession, before yeah. we move on. Yeah. Last last night on Succession, the television show, Greg tells Tom that Madsen, played by Alexander Skarsgård, likes to get blowjobs while listening to noise-canceling headphones playing podcasts. And for anyone who's been reading Us Weekly, following this podcast, or interested in Leonardo DiCaprio, you know that's a reference to the alleged story that he likes to listen to MGMT on his headphones while getting a blowjob, allegedly. Amanda, where were you when you heard about this? Well, I was watching Succession, and I was really excited because I just see you know, the impact of gossip watchers everywhere. And it was that was just a... I very seldom watch anything and feel like they put in Easter eggs for me, Mm. you know, and in most cases in my watching life, especially professionally, I'm trying to avoid Easter eggs in various interconnected movies and television shows. But I felt a real moment of recognition. And I like my mind did immediately flash to my imagined version of the succession writer's room. And everyone talking about this piece of Leonardo DiCaprio alleged, you know, gossip, and then being like, we should put this in the show. And I I felt kinship, and I felt really happy. So I loved it. I did want to ask you, it's specifically blowjobs? I think so. That's what oh, it was Leonardo okay. DiCaprio. I didn't remember that. I thought it was more just, you know, general sexual escapades. If I recall correctly, and I have a distinct memory of us sitting at the Sunset Gower Studios discussing this. I do also remember this. this. I rem- it was that <laughs> weird studio without windows. And yes, the exactly. MGMT thing, I vividly remember. Yeah, of course. Okay. MGMT is the real throwback. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure it was blowjobs. I don't think it really matters as long as it's consensual, you know? 
Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, just incredible. Also, I just want to say having cousin Greg, who is a, a big topic or big like presence in tabloids was really funny to me as well. Like it just was perfect. It was an iconic Greg and Tom episode and that's why mm-hmm. I watched Succession. So I really enjoyed that. Really? Well, cousin Greg, Ori, Greg, Ori. What's his last name? I can't remember. It starts with an H. When he said it, I was like, oh, I've never heard that before. So... <laughs> Hirsch, Greg Hirsch. Okay. <laughs> Just phenomenal stuff. Well, let's move on. Amanda, where do you stand on Melanie Linsky? She's like beloved by some. So I'm not on the Yellow Jackets train, not by choice as much as it it moved past me. You know, okay. I missed season one and then season two came before I was able to catch up on season one. And I feel... Season, yeah. Oh, that's about to say it's happening right now. I thought yeah. you were saying, yeah. And so I, I, I don't feel that I'm going to get there in time. What's your favorite Melanie Linsky performance? Ever after? Have of mm. course. Yeah. Okay. And I was going to go with Sweet Home Alabama. Okay. I, I just, she's, uh, she's, I guess she's supporting in both. But I remember her turn in Ever After, you know? She has her own storyline, sort of. And she stands up against Angelica Houston, so. She has a lot a lot of credits, yeah. including her first film, Heavenly Creatures. Yes. Which she co-starred with Kate Winslet. Mm-hmm. And she's currently doing press. She was on, for, for Yellow Jackets, she's, you know, she's out there promoting the show, which is, I watch, by the way, and enjoy. She was on the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast where she talked about her friend breakup with Kate Winslet. And I thought this was an interesting way for Melanie Linsky to be getting some attention. First of all, Kate Winslet doesn't get a lot of bad press. And I'm not even sure this was bad press, but it wasn't like, wow, I love Kate Winslet press. And <laughs> gotta say, I've been, enjo- I've been enjoying this, this news story. So I, that's what I was going to ask you is, did you feel like it was an intentional, like ploy for attention? Because I, I did, I did read this story and Otherwise, my awareness of Melanie Linsky is like a, a likable person who shows up in many films and television shows. But, I, you know, I'm not cataloging everything. But it did get a headline. And mm-hmm. so I clicked on it and I read it and it was an excerpt from a podcast. And I thought, okay, I, this is taken out of context. And I, it's still a little strange to mm-hmm. name the name, but I'm like... I, I am not sure that she understood how this would get aggregated or didn't yeah. think it through. I agree with you. I don't think it was like intentional. Like I'm going to, I'm going to trade off of Kate Winslet's name. And yeah, to me, it seemed like part of a larger conversation about the relationships that you make with people on set and kind of the, the strange abbreviated nature of being an actor where you're with someone every day in very intimate situations for like six weeks or two months or whatever. And then, and then you keep moving Mm because she talks about other examples. And so it seemed to me like she brought Kate Winslet up, like not even like totally in a negative way, but used the name. That was my reading of it. Yeah. I I think that's right. Also they were in heavenly creatures like 30 years ago. Yeah. So I think it's that, that movie's from 94, I think, right? Let me that look, right? That sounds right, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, that was 
that was almost 30 years ago. And that means that they were in this film together when they were like 15, starting, or Melanie Linsky's now 45. So she was 15, just starting out on their careers. And, you know, the way that you really felt for Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn with their Mm -hmm. like early 30s is not going to happen breakup. I think the realization that like friends who are really important to you at a very formative stage of life may not be your friends forever. Right. It's a really upsetting realization. Like I feel like that happens with the college friends a lot too. Also your early 20s friends. Like that's a, that's a big thing. So I felt for Melanie Linsky and I thought that this was like kind of interesting. Also, actors don't usually talk about their friend breakups. And I think that like, those are actually like way more interesting and probably complicated to Melanie Linsky's point than they're actually, than they're like romantic breakups. And so this was just sort of like, I was like, huh, I'd love to know more about Hollywood friend breakups. Yeah. Although do you think she, I guess she sort of characterized it as a breakup. She said I, the end of like losing their friendship. She didn't call right, it a friend breakup. Right, That's right, my right. Term. Which is, which is more about like, you know, I agree. I, it's an interesting phenomenon, like, and and the way that these people live, it's good to be reminded, is just, like, very different from us in every yeah. single way. But, yeah, I I felt for her. I was like, oh, I I definitely don't think that you meant for page six to be emailing Kate Winslet's team for comment, you know, which no. is, like, what happened. I, I Like, you, and Melanie Linsky has, like, a lot of experience doing press and all of this stuff, but, you know, sometimes you're just talking emotionally. And so I felt for her and they're like, oh, okay. I thought, I agree with you that she was talking about something more nuanced and this idea of friends in different eras of your life and 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 coming to terms with, like moving on from that. And then she got daily mailed. So, you know, I felt for her. <laughs> probably, probably the last time she does a podcast that yeah. her publicist intervening. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck, Melanie Linsky. Also, Kate Winslet. I feel like she, though she was like a voice in Avatar too. Mm-hmm. Yes. I just feel like she hasn't really been discussed that much lately. What's up with Kate Winslet? I mean, she was in Mayor of Easttown. Like, oh yeah, I forgot. That 18 was months ago. ago? Two years was ago. It? Oh, you're right. It was two years ago. That was a COVID highlight for me. That's why right. I remember it and so And she's going to be in the, in the, not The Diplomat. That's a different show that I want to talk about. The, the Despot, it, the, oh. what's the upcoming HBO show that they just did? The, it, it looks I wonderful. talking about. I love Kate uh, Winslet. I want more Kate Winslet content. Also, yeah. I love that she made her husband change his name so that she didn't have, change his name back so she didn't have to keep saying Ned Rock and Rolla. Yeah. So. <laughs> the Regime is the upcoming show. They just the released regime. a trailer for it. Anyway. Sounds great. I wonder yeah. if it'll continue with the writer's strike, but we'll find out. All right. Let's move on. Next hot topic. Should we talk about Taylor Swift? Just get yeah, it out of the I way? Yeah, I mostly just wanted to ask you some, some questions. Okay. I'm ready. So there are rumors that mm-hmm. are probably just rumors. Mm-hmm that Taylor Swift is dating an F1 driver named Fernando Alonso. That's correct. Who is this person? Can you, <laughs> Juliette Littman, F1 enthusiast, put these rumors in context for us? Fernando Alonso is, like many F1 drivers, a relatively short man, which I think is <laughs> important as it relates to Taylor Swift's height and who she likes to date. He's Spanish. He's an excellent driver. He's won the world championship. And he's like kind of known for being like a jerk. He doesn't, he doesn't shy away from a fight. He gets mad. He's, he has a lot of like spice to him and he's beloved, but he's sort of like an, an, like a vet in the field. And he's like, not particularly nice. He's not like a bad guy, but like he play he likes to play the villain. So, 
you know, he probably likes the song Antihero. And he's like super famous in F1. And this just seems so unlikely. Like just so, okay. so, so unlikely. I don't know. I, I'm trying to think about like how this possibly could have happened, but F1 drivers, like, yes, they travel a lot, but so does Taylor Swift. And I just don't see this like just logistically working out. I don't even know when they recently could have met. Although it has been a really long layoff in between the last two races. There's one coming up this weekend though. Thank God. Okay. Allow me to read the sourcing. I am reading page six, which is quoting Dumois. A couple, so this is the quote. A couple of Spanish magazines have been posting about TS and Spanish F1 driver Fernando Alonso. An anonymous email sent to Dumois said, according to them, the magazines, the couple has been seeing each other for a week now. Nothing serious, though, since they are both recently single. The couple has been seeing other... Everyone is a cop, which we already knew. But, like, even if they were in this same shared space without chaperones twice in a week, just, like, relax. It's been a week. I know. I know. It's so ridiculous. It's, like, just so, so, so absurd. But then he played into it, which is another reason why I think it's not real, because Taylor Swift okay. would never never allow one of her boyfriends or her paramours to, to do this. But he posted a TikTok set to her song Karma and said, feeling 33, referencing feeling 22, song 22. It's just He's 33 ha- years old? I thought he was older. No, he's he's 41, according to yeah. Patreon. Is she yeah, 33 now? Her she was born in 1989 per the album, right? So she would be thirty, but she's later. She's, she's like a November or something, or December. So, yeah. yeah, so she's so she is thirty three. Wow. Okay. No, she's thirty four. Nope, thirty three. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't believe it. But also, like, do they hook up once or twice in a, a one week span? Maybe. Great. I don't, is that worth worthy of page six? But she's worthy of page six right she now. She was in Houston this past weekend. I mean, she's Tampa on tour. that, I think. Yeah. Is F1 currently in the U.S.? No. It's going to well, be in the I U.S. and Miami. Er, sorry, in Miami in two weeks. The next okay. race is in Baku, Azerbaijan, which okay. is not close to America. Right. Okay. So, I'd really like to go to it, though, based on what I've seen on TV from these races. Where does one train for F1? Well... Like the track, like the tracks to like do your practice driving. It's like mostly where your team is based. So like for most of them are based in England. Some are based other, like Ferrari's based in Italy, in Italy or whatever, but like mostly in England. But then like Lewis Hamilton, like constantly travels. All these guys constantly travel. Like they, and you can just train wherever it's like resistance training and like doing like neck exercises and whatever. It's okay. It's, it's wild. Anyway. So they don't have to be driving a car really fast every day to. No, it's stay not like getting your, getting your shots up in basketball. Okay. How would I know? No, you, you wouldn't. That's a great, a great question. Perhaps you should watch Drive to Survive. Then you might know. But five seasons. I mean, if I couldn't do a season <laughs> and a half of Yellow Jackets, five seasons of Drive to Survive? Like, I, I'm sorry. On the topic of Taylor Swift, I'm very worried that we're entering a squad 2.0 era. She went to dinner at Zero Bond, which is like a members-only club in New York in the, on Bond Street. Mm-hmm. And she was photographed walking in with the three Heim sisters, Blake Lively and Gigi Hadid. And Zero Bond is known for actually providing privacy. And many of those people are not photographed every day, even though they could be. In, flat. in fact, Blake Lively like resents the paparazzi and like hates that they post her pic- pictures of her kids. Anyway, when I saw these pictures of them walking in, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, more staged photographs of Taylor Swift looking happy. And 
I just don't want to go back to the squad era. I think that was 1989. Maybe it was red, but like there's another women's world cup coming up. So I'm just really worried that like, once again, she's going to trot out the soccer team, like just cause it's convenient. I'm just not looking for this, you know, like let's evolve. I don't know. Like, yes, you need your girlfriends in a breakup, but like, I just don't want to go back to the squad days of Taylor Swift. I completely am okay with everything that you said and would just <laughs> like to counterpoint being like, I think that Taylor Swift is allowed to go to a fancy dinner with her fancy friends after a breakup. Yeah, sure. But like, she's only being photographed for it because she's trying to make a point. That's the, yeah. like, have friends. Just this sort of like the public, like, here's my crew. No, thanks. I like a click, but not like this. Okay. Click if up. she starts bringing them on stage, I will also be annoyed. I think sometimes you got to go to dinner. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, fine. All right. That's what I'm worried about. I don't too, know. Though, her whole life part. was just completely turned upside down. You know, I'm just trying to have empathy. You're right. You're so, you're like so kind to Taylor Swift these days. Like I said, there was an unidentified weed smell and I had some Cheetos <laughs> and I just am <laughs> feeling open. Okay, Next. Courtesy of Matt Bellany of Puck News, our our compatriot who the host of the town, he and his newsletter last night shared that National Research Group did a survey asking the very specific question, who do you most want to watch in the theater? It's a really fascinating list. There's only three women on it. Those women are Julia Roberts, Sandra Bullock, and Angelina Jolie. And as Matt noted, basically the, the, the only person under 40 is Chris Hemsworth, and he's turning 40 soon. And... It's just a really weird list. It's like they, they it's like they only interviewed people who are also over 40 because I don't understand. It's like just very quickly, Tom Cruise, The Rock, Tom Hanks, Brad Pitt, Denzel Washington, Julia Roberts, Will Smith, Leo, Johnny Depp, Kevin Hart, Keanu Reeves, Sandra Bullock, Ryan Reynolds, Adam Sandler, Harrison Ford, George Clooney, Robert Downey Jr., Angelina Jolie, Morgan Freeman, and Chris Hemsworth. I just don't I just don't buy it. Well, I, Matt's analysis of the list is I also think really great. And a couple of things that he points out are, you know, number one, a lot of this is sort of marketing industry like type decisions of, especially once you're asking the question, who do you want to see in a theater? Well, those are the only people in movies in theaters right now because everyone else is IP or Super Mario, no offense to to our producer, Jade, who loved her time at Super Bar- Mario Brothers, the movie. <laughs> I, the children I saw it next to also had a great time. It, but, you know, everything is IP or superheroes, and so the emphasis on name brand, like, on actual movie stars who you recognize under 40 is, like, pretty much gone and has been for 15 years. So right. it's kind of like the the question itself self-selects down to, like, a pretty small group of grandfathered in movie stars. Right. Who still show up to the movie theaters. But you're, you know, I think Matt, points out, and you're also right to point out that it's really weird that there is, it's just a bunch of old people, and that none of the people, you know, that playing Captain America or playing being in one of those mega superhero movies, like, does nothing in terms of making someone a star anymore. Right. And it made me think of two things. One is it made me think about the Oscars and our complaint that there were no stars, but there... Many of these, I think almost none of these people were at the Oscars in this list of 20. A few were, but very few. But moreover, there just aren't, there's no reason for them to go. (laughs) 
Right, because they, you know, they weren't nominated and they weren't promoting anything or they were Tom Cruise who who didn't show up because he didn't want Scientology jokes. Fair enough. but Or they were banned a, in the case of Will Smith. <laughs> it just sort of gets to like what we were discussing though, which is like we don't have... We don't have like great. We don't have great movie stars to do. To yeah, do I know. A, it revealing sucks. profile. It does. It's it does really. Suck. It's really a bummer. It the bottom just kind of fell out. Yeah, and the Marvel thing is such a conundrum. Elizabeth Olsen is making headlines right now because she did an interview on Colbert where she says she hates doing her own stunts, which is so funny because it's just so opposite of Tom. The Tom Cruise, like I do all of my own stunts. I am Ethan Hunt. I will jump out of right. a plane. Like. It's just such a different approach. And she's in some ways very practical. She's like, it's a waste of everyone's time because I'm bad at it. Like there's double, there's body doubles for a reason. But it just seems like no one, no one's happy with our superstar ecosystem right now. No, I mean, it's completely cratered, at, at least for movies. Because th- that's what's funny about this survey is once you add in theaters to the question, then you yeah. really only have movie stars over the age of 35 or 40 to choose from. If you did, who do you like to watch on TV, you know, or who do you like to watch on a screen, it would be yeah. a very, very different list. And I think, like, none of these people, or very few of these people would even rank because there are many other people who are a lot more famous in a lot of other mediums. So there's, in, in addition to, like, Marvel and superhero movies and franchise movies kind of just taking out an entire generation of movie stars. Like, movies, sadly, aren't as central to culture as they were, say, in the 90s, which bums me out. But, you know, there are other things to watch. Like Zendaya performing at Coachella via YouTube. Amazing which is one of, the first, one of the first things I watched this morning. I saw a headline that Zendaya had performed at YouTube, and then I looked, or at Coachella, and then I looked for it on YouTube, and it was, I couldn't hear her singing because it was such bad quality, but I was just happy to see the spectacle. People seemed really excited. So, mm-hmm. happy for everyone. Zendaya is my go-to. I'm cool. I know of a young celebrity to, to name check. It's going to be a big fall for her because she's in Dune Part 2, which I think will right. almost certainly be nominated for Oscars. So I assume she will be at the Oscars next year, at least so. presenting, promoting. But she's also in the new Luca Guadagnino film, Challengers, co-starring your boy Josh O'Connor and so from, from The Crown and Mike Feist, who was the best part of, or not the best part, but one of many great parts of Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. This is about, do you know what this movie is about? So it's directed no. by Luca Guadagnino. And it's about a tennis pro whose wife starts having an affair with someone, some other tennis player or something about that. It's oh, cool. about people Sounds playing great. tennis and having sex. I didn't make this movie out myself, but I could not be more excited. <laughs> I'm out of my mind. So it's, this, it's the sequel to Wimbledon starring Paul Bettany and Kirsten Dunst, yes, is what you're saying. Yes, but with like 45 times the production value because it's Luca Guadagnino. I believe that Josh O'Connor ran the Brooklyn Half Marathon yesterday. So Is that what it was? Stuff. I saw him racing and something. That's very sweet. Congratulations to him. Love JOC. Yeah. I'll always hold his seasons of the crown near and dear. Great stuff. Same. Tobias Menzies forever. Let's move on. Sophia Ritchie. She got married and mm-hmm. Antibes. My she married Elliot Grange, who is very big in the music world. Her sister, Nicole Ritchie, was, I think, her maid of honor. Her father, Lionel Ritchie, walked her down the aisle. Paris Hilton attended, as did many other celebrities. And Amanda. I'd like to follow up on that sentence, but continue. Where are you at on the destination wedding? 
So this was at the Hotel Cap du Eden Rock, which is a very famous hotel. I've never been either. I'd love to go. No, I have been. So, oh, you have been? Yeah. Did you have a nice time? Did you? Oh, yeah. I had a great time. Lovely bathrooms. Exactly. See, this is what I'm saying. So if anyone else would like to invite me to a wedding at the Hotel Cap du Eden Rock, I'm available. That's so that is my answer to your question about destination weddings. I think the des- the destination wedding it just needs to be in a good destination. Like I don't really want to go to a wedding in Mexico, but south of France, anything Mediterranean I'm in. Why don't you want to go to a wedding in Mexico? I let me if you are having a wedding in Mexico, I'm also available. Okay, I won't, but good to know. I thought her dress was really beautiful. I don't know if you saw it. There's oh, that's Vogue really funny. I thought dress. it was incredibly tacky, personally. Really? I, I yeah, really I didn't it. like it at all. <laughs> but that's okay. It's each I, her own. I was really surprised by the silhouette that she chose. The halter? Yeah, I thought it was like, I don't know. I didn't think it was like that showy, like for her. I didn't think it was that sexy, I guess, is my point. And I would have expected yeah. something a little bit more revealing. I th- I'm just, let's be clear. She's incredibly beautiful. It's just, I, I didn't care for the dress. It was, it was tinging a little too much towards prom for me. Okay. Well, she's young. But I loved the other dresses that she wore in the lead up. I believe she wore mm-hmm. all Chanel or primarily Chanel, but the rehearsal dinner or whatever, which for, for a minute, Daily Mail thought that they had pictures from the wedding when it was just from the rehearsal <laughs> dinner. So the first photo was like, Sophia Richie's married. And then I was like, wow, what a chic wedding dress choice. But then it was the rehearsal dinner. She was very stylish, I guess, or most of these Chanel dresses are nice. I didn't really care for the main event that much. But I also, you know me, my taste is not really like Barbie prom sure. wedding anyway. You mentioned many celebrities were in attendance. In attendance. Yes. I cl- clicked through a page six slideshow of see all the celebrities who attended Sophia Richie's wedding because it was a s- somewhat slow weekend on the internet for me personally. And I was in a place where I was going to click through that slideshow. It had seven slides. The slides were <laughs> Lionel Richie, Nicole Richie, Cameron Diaz, Paris Hilton. I guess that's four. And then a couple close-ups of Sophia Richie because she also counts as a celebrity. What, Cameron did Diaz they add more? Get. No, but Cameron Diaz is a get, in my opinion. Sure. There's some TikTokers there. Okay, well, I don't care about them. So I just, and nor did page six because it was literally seven slides. And I just kept being like, okay, <laughs> where are the rest of the celebrities? I'm like, is this like a Met Gala situation where you're just like updating live as you get more images? Should I check back? Turns out, no, it was just them. Which again, that's a nice family affair. But also, I anyway. I think it's really amazing that Nicole Richie and Paris Hilton are still at least friendly, if not friends. I find it shocking, honestly. Good for both of them. It seemed like a very nice wedding. I I think it was small, actually, to to your point. like It was like 100 people or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you can have like a 3,000-person wedding at the Hotel Cap to Eden Rock. But you probably could have 300. That's true. I don't... It it looked nice. I would have loved to attend. I'm a big Lionel Richie fan. Me too. And I look forward to watching clips of his coronation concert at a later date. I won't be tuning in live. That reminds me, after we potted last week, someone sent me some links of Katy Perry and KC3 in like the same room. Like she did like a benefit concert that he went to. Okay. Were they clips of him dancing along the Teenage Dream? <laughs> no, but it's evidence well, Did they, they take a photo together? Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. Do you think he stayed for the performance? 
Mm, We still can't say for sure. Okay. But I don't know. Maybe. Unlikely. Other note, someone sent a conspiracy theory that I really liked, which was that Prince Harry used his local connection in Montecito to Katy Perry to ask her to perform. Oh, interesting. Love it. I have no, it's like completely made up. I, I don't think that's probably true, but I still really like it. It's a great theory. Because they couldn't find anyone else? Yeah. Wow. And he was like, here, I'll, I, here's my, my re- recompense. Is that the word? Penance? I don't know. Um, I don't understand. I don't know if that aligns with my understanding of current attitudes to each other in the <laughs> royal family, but <laughs> it does seem to change often. So who knows? Who's, who can say? Yeah. All right, next, Amanda, your hottest topic right now, the Arnaud family and the fight for control of LVMH. Empire. Yeah. So Bernard Arnault runs LVMH, Louis Vuitton, Moet, Hennessy, et cetera, which is a huge fashion conglomerate. And he is like the richest person in the world, you know, on paper or whatever. And very Literally, powerful. Atop the Bloomberg billionaire rankings right and now. And he has five children and French succession is on. And so this is, I found some Le Monde coverage that suggests that in in France, at least journalistically, they were making doing the succession, you know, who will it be a couple sure. years ago. But last week, the Wall Street Journal dipped its toes in and did like this big, in English, crucially for Amanda, <laughs> um, my, my French is really not that good, breakdown of who will, who of the five children will take over the reins. And it has major succession vibes. And even that, even if there is like perhaps slightly more implied competence, at least among some of the children, there's a, there's a whole big thing of like which of the children were able to get into this elite French engineering school and which children were not <laughs> accepted to the school and what that means for their chances. So I just we France needs to make its own succession and I'll and in French and and I'll watch it. Love yeah, subtitle. Call, my, call my agent style. Yeah, but it's I mean it's interesting. Because it, you know, I think the succession thing, like, literally is really going within this family. And then also, it seems that the kids are starting to branch out and try to audition. There's also, there was a piece last week in the New York Times about a a Tiffany rebrand, whatever. But one of the younger sons in the Arnaud family was given Tiffany as... Alexandre. Yes, in his portfolio, if you will. But what's really fascinating about all of this coverage is that so many of the publications doing this coverage are also extremely dependent on LVMH advertising dollars. Sure, yeah, of course. So it's like there's this real tension of they don't want to poke the bear, but also the content is really good and it seems like it's really heating up. So I am just, I'm enjoying it. And I personally think I'm Team Delphine. She's mm. the daughter. She's the oldest. If people have other, you know, information that they want to share, want to sway me another way, I'm I'm here for it. I'm going to do some research and report back. Yeah, let me know. But I just, I really think that France and its many wonderful TV production companies, just sell it. Just, just make your own succession and I'll watch every season. <laughs> It's a great idea. Also, there's Thank plenty you. of other families that that this could be done about. I know, you but know? The, I, yeah, it's true. But this is a really good one. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there's so much wealth involved. Exactly. 
And then you get access to like the various like fashion worlds and all the, you know, everything. Yeah, of course. There's a lot of great scenery and, and setting to be mined. Sounds great. Sounds like perhaps you could also work in a trip to the Hotel Ducop at Eden Rock in Absolutely. Antibes. Yeah. So let's do it. Also, last night on last night's succession was the house from Ex Machina that's actually a hotel in Norway. And I saw it. I was like, I know that. That's where Oscar Isaac lived. No, oh, okay. Very, very exciting. <laughs> Finally, Amanda's television topic of the week, The Diplomat. I've watched this show. Have you? I've seen three episodes. Have you seen the whole thing? Um, I've seen five or six. Okay. Please don't spoil it for me because I'm okay. having such a great time. So I completely agree. It's like I, everyone I know v- is very this fun. Is, yeah. I on Saturday night sat down and my awareness was basically Carrie Russell is in a TV show playing the ambassador to the UK. And mm-hmm. then intrigue ensues. And and I was like, I that is interesting enough to me. And I also thought, oh, maybe I can get my husband on board. And he was like, sure, I'll try an episode. And we watched three episodes in one night, which is absolutely unheard of for, <laughs> for my marriage and really for my life. I'm not very good at sitting and watching a lot of episodes, but we loved it. Then I saw some friends on Sunday. Everyone else there had also been like, yeah, we watched the first couple episodes of The Diplomat. We really liked it. We were like talking about some of the wardrobe prices. So this is a show created by Deborah Kahn, who worked, she worked on The West Wing, I learned when I Googled her, but crucially worked on Grey's Anatomy for many years. And like, she is of the school of Shonda. Mm, absolutely. And you, can, and you can feel it in pacing and in like the light soap opera absurdityness, but also the emphasis on... In this case, a marriage and how how people talk to each other and, like, emotions, you know? I think also very much the way that the professional women find each other. Like, yes. Maybe you haven't gotten there yet, but there's... Uh, I think by the end of episode three, it starts to come out that, like, the women, instead of, like, ganging up against each other, like, in some other more retrograde shows, like, right. they actually find... Not even, like, best friendship, but, like, camaraderie and, like, common ground. And yes. that the, is the real hallmark of Grey's Anatomy is the women's relationships with each other. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it moves. I do think it's increasingly funny. Carrie Russell is wonderful. She crushes. So Rufus Sewell plays her husband in the mold of the character that he plays in The Holiday, but American. Yep. But I... The one note I had, and I think he's really good, and I think this would have been too much, but wouldn't it have sort of been fun to see Matthew Reese playing this role? Totally. But I wonder if they don't want to work together again. I I bet they don't again. And and I get and it's working really well. Anyway, I the diplomat is gonna be is a thing. It's It's like it's percolating. I recommend it. I'm glad that you like it as well. I, we can talk about it again, but I just I'm I'm calling my shot here. This it's, is this is a thing. It's 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 very fun. I mean, it's yeah. like I'm the exact target de- target demographic for it for right. the Grey's Anatomy ness of it. Plus, I just like watch everything on Netflix. So I just love Netflix screeners. They sustain me on Fridays. So it's a it's a great time. I also just want to note on the topic of television, mm-hmm. I wouldn't recommend catching up with the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. However, Reed Scott is in this season. And like probably the highlight of my television experience right now is looking at Reed Scott as his character on The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, that guy. Okay. That's yes, exciting. It's that, it's that guy. And he looks so hot on the show. It's unbelievable. Okay. 
Like 19, the 1961 version of that guy is really just doing it for me. So that maybe just hit mute and just watch him on screen. I'll okay. send you some screenshots. Did you start the last thing he told me? No, not yet, but okay. I will. I caught I up text- Yellow Jackets this weekend. Right. I texted Juliet about the last thing he wanted, which is the latest Reese Witherspoon-produced book to TV show adaptation. It stars Jennifer Garner. It's on Apple TV. I don't know if I can say that it's good, but I can make a pledge that I will watch every episode. (laughs) And it has really just landed home for me how the perfect vehicle for Reese Witherspoon-endorsed books is actually on television. And what a great business idea she had. Good for her. All very entertaining. I agree with that. There we go. (laughs) This concludes our TV recommendation section and our podcast for today. (laughs) Thank you to our producer, Jade Whaley. We'll be back next week. 